menu there. Bring up the phone. Yo, what's good? How's it going, man? Hey, it's Will. Calm back. Hey, it's a good time. Ooh. <laughs> Fuck. I lost my breath. I'm keeping that in as the intro. Welcome to season six of the catch up. Somehow I turned on era. the energy. A new, ooh, Will, you sound hot. A new era of the catch up. Six seasons. Nice job, Noah. We did it. What makes this a new era, would you say? Mm. <laughs> We're recording er- earlier in the morning. That's Yeah, new. this is like very early in the morning for me on Saturday. Yeah, it's 11.38 a.m. on Saturday, and this is the earliest we've ever recorded. And I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled about it. And, you know, it's not just uh, – that's nah, corny as fuck. Um, <laughs> how you been? <laughs> oh, that's not corny. You, you um, holding up? I'm holding up. I was sick. I was uh, a little sick, and now I'm better. But, you know, we got some some fall allergies coming up. I'm sounding a little congested. Samesies. Samesies. Other than that, everything is fine. How are you? You ready for your big move? You're leaving Boston. I am well. Yep. I just got back from a long trip in Turkey. I've been going 100 miles an hour, and I'm excited to just relax in Chicago when I get there. We could do a whole episode on, on Turkey itself, just your trip. We could, but, but we, have, we have more important things to address today. Not only is it a new season of the catch-up, but finally, we have a new season of Survivor. Fucking finally. We are recording this on a Saturday on this past Wednesday, the season premiere of Survivor happened. There is it's season 41. There is no theme so far. Um, but as we have maybe discussed before, I'm a big Survivor fan. Will got really into Survivor during the quarantine. Um, and we're not alone to talk about Survivor today. Isn't that right, Will? It's it's true. I, I truly couldn't talk about Survivor on the pod without inviting a longtime friend of the pod, John Terhune. Hey, John. Hey, guys. Excited to be here for the start of the new era. Yeah, and Noah, if if you have a bachelor's degree in survivor analytics and I have kind of a working on my associates, John is mm-hmm. the PhD. John is the okay. tenure track professor. This man is a, is a survivor obsessive, and I love it. That is, there's always somebody who is like the survivor super fan when you're watching and knows everything, every reference. So, John, that's you is what Will's saying. Yeah, I never would have expected that to be me. I was pretty late coming to the show. It's only been about four years for me. But uh, after that first episode, I dove in pretty deep. Uh, And I think to claim that role as the PhD, I've just made sure that I only watch with people that I have recruited. And so everybody (laughs) is coming after me in line. So I get to be the, uh, the resident expert. So, so you're saying like if I stacked you up against someone who has watched since 2000, knows every every person, you would not, you would not win that. Absolutely fight. not. I've still got a lot to learn out there, uh, and then I just try to find those people on the internet, steal their knowledge, and then carry it back to my group as yeah. my own. Reddit is great for that. I'm too scared of spoilers for Reddit. It's very hard to Google anything when you're watching an old season or even if you like 
fall behind a couple episodes of this new season. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch live this Wednesday, and I know that if I go anywhere near online, I'm going to get spoiled in a half a second. Yeah, and yeah. Wh- when did you start? How did you start this relationship off with Survivor, Noah? Me? Um, I'll shout out my, my ex-girlfriend, Nicole. She and her best friend, Caitlin, got me very into survivor uh we started with millennials versus gen x excellent um, we just we just watched that our crew very good really hard to say millennials when you're congested i just found out um that's not great but yeah so i watched that live when that aired which i believe was 2017 um maybe 2016 but but uh they nicole was like just watch this one season if you don't like it whatever and i got sucked in immediately so i've been watching every new season since then as it airs and then i spent a lot of time during covid going back and watching with my i'd be remiss to not shout out my roommate anna who's a huge survivor fan um and we've gotten a little crew together we do some brackets we've got a whole thing going yeah i have a vague memory of you like telling me several times that you were watching survivor and it was good but i think john you hit the nail on the head the other night like it's kind of an easy suggestion to just cast aside like i thought that you guys were kind of doing it ironically (laughs) i didn't know that it was as as amazing as it is and basically it just it took a it took a girl right like it took my girlfriend being like can you watch this with me and my friend three times and i I couldn't really deny it and I'm, i'm glad that she i'm glad she pushed on it yeah well we live in the world where people get together and watch The Bachelor every week. And that's like a super common suggestion. And uh, I guess I don't know how you guys feel about that show, but I think even for most people who do watch it, it's sort of a guilty pleasure thing you're watching as you're making fun of it. And like, that's just something that doesn't appeal to me that much. And that's what I always thought Survivor was for the people who watched it. Exactly. Yeah, I thought they were like in on the joke, but it's not a joke. It's just good. (laughs) <laughs> no, and and I don't love The Bachelor, but I am guilty of loving the show Love Island, which everyone became obsessed with over quarantine, as did I. So I get the guilty pleasure aspect. There is no guilty pleasure aspect to Survivor. Like, I will unabashedly talk about that show. It's just a fantastic show. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. John, can you briefly speak to the Survivor parties that you've hosted? Yeah, so um, for the first couple of years when I was in Boston, my first season was uh, season 36, which was Heroes versus Healers versus Hustlers. Yeah. Uh, the most randomly themed season of all time, probably. <laughs> uh, and it like wasn't a good season, but for me, like I was still instantly hooked right away. And it was just me and my two roommates for those, the the first couple of years. And then slowly, like we talked about it so much, we forced our other friends to watch it. uh, And they immediately got hooked as well when when they started their seasons with us. And so once we had like a critical mass of people who were kind of into this, uh, I decided that I was going to host a couple survivor parties where we would get together, drink, and just play a game of Survivor amongst ourselves in one evening. And my expectation was that this was going to be something that, like, would be just kind of like a silly time, you know, like, maybe people wouldn't be into it, maybe we'd play for a couple of hours, and then it would just kind of peter out, and it would become a regular party. And instead, it was like a bloodbath 
where these people that are like the sweetest friends I have who I've never seen be competitive about anything were <laughs> like getting very mad at each other and especially mad at me. And uh, five hours later, I, I like was lying in bed like, oh my God, like my, my friends hate me. <laughs> like they hated me even before tonight and it was only revealed now and only now do I understand like they truly don't like me and don't and it was like this is the end and then the next morning everybody woke up and was like actually that was so fun great job uh, we did it again the next year with like similar results days before COVID hit and so that that's like the last memory I have of the real world it's just like all of us going all in on Survivor and playing for seven hours in my kitchen as the world was like just preparing to burn down. Do you think that your Survivor party was a super spreader event? Uh, no confirmed cases from my party, but one of the events at the, the party right before COVID hit involved everybody getting on their hands and knees uh -oh. and blowing a ping pong, a single ping pong ball <laughs> across the room. And so it's just people spitting on each other, basically. Right. Sure. And like at the time, I was like, I think the thought was like, wow, like this is like funny. Like there's a pandemic in China right now. Like we probably <laughs> shouldn't be. But then like two days later, it was like, oh yeah, like that's never even going to be legal again. Like right. we just, we'd be, we'd be all canceled if anybody tried this again. They don't even sell ping pong balls anymore. That's how illegal <laughs> it is. I heard that. John, are you are you playing on a tribe or are you probed in the Survivor Party? Uh, so this is the challenge of Survivor Party is uh, I am playing and I'm probed. Whoa. Uh, so the idea, the, the first party was Patrick and I, my roommate and I co-hosted. And it was just whoever gets voted out first is going to become the all-time probed between the two of yes. us. And Patrick got voted out first. And so he he pretty much ran the show um, from there. So I was kind of good to go. The second time I was playing and hosting all at once, um, which is definitely a curveball. Like I think uh, it contributed to I, I I made I made the final I made the jury in Survivor Party One or not the jury I made, I made the final Tribal Council. Mm, and nice. Yeah, I was going to ask how you fared. Well, yeah, so I felt pretty good. And then it became apparent very quickly once the jury started asking questions that I was a jury goat. And they were going to mm. use that time to berate me for the things that I had done. Uh, and I think part of that was like, well, John, like you invented the game, so you don't get to <laughs> also win the game. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, was fair in hindsight. I think sitting in front of the jury, I... I was rattled by it, but, you know, so be it. Well, God willing, we can have one of those sometime soon in the new world. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to ask, Will, you've never participated in one of these parties. I've, I've not. Yeah, I just met these folks during the pandemic. How do you think you would do in one of these parties? Yeah, I was thinking we should actually evaluate ourselves well, yeah, and absolutely. each other. Yeah, so I think I would do okay, but not win. Yeah, that's kind of like a vague answer, but um, I think I'm too much of a threat, man. I don't see myself as a threat in the least. I think you're low-key and you would do well. Well, it's interesting because, John, you were just saying you went to bed 
thinking everyone hated you from that party. And I feel like that's such a big part of Survivor is the paranoia. And I would give in to the paranoia in a second. Like, my anxious mind would immediately be like, everyone hates you, nobody wants you here, no one's going to form an alliance with you. And I don't know how I would get out of that spiral, if we're being honest. It's wild. I mean, again, like, this is this was a party with no prize money among people who are all friends. Like, the stakes are as low <laughs> as it could possibly be in a game of quote-unquote Survivor. And, yeah, people were freaking out anyway. Like, it's the nature of the game. It's impossible to escape. Like, you're sitting there as people are pulling out votes on, like, index cards out of a cast iron pot in my kitchen. Like, it's nothing. But the heart is pounding. So I cannot imagine on the real show. I mean, this is why people snap every single season and get themselves voted out of the games, even though they're not in danger. Like, the, the pressure's unreal. I can't even imagine it. And I think it's exacerbated by, you know, having 500 calories a day right. for most days max and being dehydrated and not really sleeping for 40 days. Um, I, I think that that is kind of an under underrated part of the challenge that you're you're fucked. Like if I get two bad nights of sleep, like I'm a wreck. Yeah. And it's 40 straight. That that would be huge for me is dealing with the hunger. I don't know how I would do that. And I'm like. You know, they have those people who go out and hunt and, and catch fish and shit. Like, that's not me. I'm not. What am I bringing to that tribe in terms of shelter or fire or food? Like, what is my strength? Puzzles? I guess I'm good at puzzles. I don't know. Well, I I mean, I don't know if we want to get into the evaluation stage right now. But the sad truth of Survivor is that being, like, young white males puts you at a pretty profound advantage early in the game. Right. Just based, you know, like, on the trends. You don't have to stand out as being, like, exceptional or athletic. People will just kind of automatically be like, well, we're going to vote out the old person. We're going to vote vote yeah. out the 90-pound woman. And so, you know, I think if we we're out there, we can kind of skate by fairly easily. And then, once you get late game, being good at puzzles is kind of more important than anything else. So... Well, it's it's interesting you say the white man shit because I'm going to bounce for a minute, but um, I'm not bouncing. I'm not leaving. I'm bouncing to a different topic. I just want everyone to, to know I'm not just suddenly leaving this podcast. Um, the new episode that aired on Wednesday was very much challenging, you know, the 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 culture. And I looked online and it was, you know, during the, the protest last summer, CBS – decided that they were going to have a diversity clause in their casting in which 50% of their casting on any reality show was now going to be um, 50% minorities or queer people or any people of color. And this was the first season of Survivor that had to deal with that. And so now I feel like, okay, this is going to... How do I say this without being canceled? Um, and if I do get canceled, I just this is the way I want to go out, talking about Survivor on a podcast that my mom listens to. Um, it's going to be harder to be a white male man on Survivor, I think, going in this season. That's my... I think that's probably true. You're not like the default. There's not like the bro chachos just like hanging out. Like they're just like instantly bonded because they're white guys. Right. And my hope would be 
that makes them not coast all the way to the end. Because you're right, there always is somebody who makes it to the end from just like being a schmoozer and being a person who knows their privilege. Um, I mean, Mike White on David and Goliath, I don't really think he did anything to deserve the final three. I did not like Mike White on that season. Um, Mike White, obviously of White Lotus fame now, was on Survivor a few years ago because he's just friends with Jeff. And if you're friends with Jeff, you get to be on the show. That's what happens. So, yeah, he really didn't do it. He didn't play a great game. He played a weird game. Um, I'm also now starting to think, as few people that listen to this show, are we about to even alienate the audience more because we're spoiling seasons left and right? Eh. All right. Well, we can put a we can put a spoiler tag up top. Um, I do I do want to pivot to the the new season. Yeah. What are folks' takeaways on on the first episode? I was I oof, I don't know. They tried to throw a lot at you real quick. Um, I was I'd say for the first hour confused. I did not know all the new rules that they they I did not like Jeff talking directly to the camera to me. I don't love I understand that they want to do a bunch of twists, but they threw them out there one after another. And now I don't know. Remember any of the rules at all. So one thing that I struggle with, like I just watched a season from 2007 and then a season from 2017. And as they throw these twists in and and change up the rules, like I'm conflicted i'm internally conflicted on like if survivor is becoming less kind of pure like with all the twists it can seem like it's just like the best player can get really unlucky and just like die because of that in the game and that to me feels a little weird but like maybe that's just the game maybe that is the purity of survivors that there's a a level of unpredictability that they have to be resilient to so i'm glad you brought up this idea about purity because this is where I went to and I think a lot of old school fans are really anti the kind of twist and advantage direction that the show has trended towards more and more over the past few years. So this is something that comes up a lot in sports when they are determining their playoff systems. So in baseball for example, uh, in any given baseball game it's basically a coin flip who's going to win. Like the better team will beat the worst team like 55 or 60% of the time, which is why they play a 162 game regular season schedule. Cause it's like, you need that much time to work out all the the luck. Uh, But then that's not that exciting at the end of the day. If we just played the 162 game schedule, like we like the playoffs. And so then you're balancing you say okay do we let more teams into the playoffs which then gives a bad team or a you know so a team that clearly hasn't been the best team a pretty decent chance of winning because again if we're just going to play a seven game playoff series the bad team can easily win over the really good team so it's right. are we trying to reward the best team or are we trying to just make things really exciting for the biggest number of fans yeah, and the survivor angle is clear. Like, they are just trying to make it good, exciting TV. <laughs> but the thing is, fans don't even, like, old school fans don't like that. They don't need the all the, the new twists. So what kind of fans are they trying to make it exciting for? 
Well, they're clearly trying to get younger people. They're trying That's to expand true. their audience for not the not the old school people. I mean, Jeff is talking directly to the camera to the children. They've got their little game within a game on their phone. Yeah. Like, I think they're basically acknowledging that their core uh, their core audience is like aging out. Like, they're gonna die. <laughs> and as somebody who likes kind of pure survivor for what that's worth or at least something approximating pure survivor like if you go back and look at the really early seasons a lot of that gameplay is kind of boring like some twists and stuff are are really fun but there comes a point in every survivor season kind of in the mid game often where we know maybe like six people who are pretty interesting and could win and then we've got five more people who it's like they're definitely not going to win this game they're going to get right. voted out sometime like one of these upcoming episodes, this person's going to get voted out. And then you're just kind of like waiting for like, okay, what's the Wednesday where we finally get this person out of the way so that we can like play with the good players. And now, you know, with this shot in the dark thing or, or whatever it's yeah. called, this dice thing they're, they're doing. Yeah. Like then maybe those kind of foregone conclusion examples or, or episodes where we're, we're just waiting for the moment where Will finally gets voted out. Now, if Will has like a little bit of power and there's some chance something crazy is going to happen, maybe that helps keep viewers engaged in there. Now, at the yeah. same time, if Will plays a shot in the dark, randomly wins, and then as a result, our fan favorite, who's the best player on the season, gets voted off, everybody's going to be crazy mad. So I, I don't really know yet how, how people are going to react to it. Yeah, and that shot in the dark could have crazy consequences. I assume that the privilege works like immunity, where the second most votes, like it could be a landslide for someone. Right. They play their their um their die their die, and then they just basically get to pick off. Like it could be a fan favorite. So it could be nuts. so basically, it's a one in in six shot of immunity when you roll it, right? Yes. Okay. Because that that as one of my complaints of the episode was is like. During the reward or during the challenge, he just threw that off and maybe someone in my living room was talking or something, but like I missed it completely. And that was one of my main complaints is like he should introduce these things as they come up and not just throw them all at us at once. And then it's like, remember this? Now you have to think about it. Also, I think that we have to factor in that this is a shorter game this season it is yeah so usually they're on for 39 days and this is 26 days because of covid stuff so they really have to fucking go 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 which is why they're like doing all this stuff they have no time they got to get it out they have to get they had to get two people out in one episode right away now here's here's my question do you remember the names of the two people that got voted out my favorite thing is to always think back on the first person voted out and i have no recollection I know that the second one was named Sarah. Oh, shit. Yeah, Sarah was the one who was crying a lot, and then it was the the black guy that's not JB or Danny. Like, Okay. I mean, I couldn't tell you, but sounds I, I, right. I, I always struggle with the names at first. I don't even try for the first, first few weeks. It's always like once they flash back to the reunion, I'm like, oh, I remember this person. Um, also, Will and I talked about this. I think the Survivor look benefits most people i think most people get hotter from being emaciated on on the island oh yeah absolutely and then when you see them all made up at like ponderosa or the jury or something you're like what the fuck is this why are you wearing makeup get out of here
yeah it's very weird to see people that you've only seen in the in the yeah survivor emaciated state like looking good yeah it doesn't it's, so do you guys anything. think you would be better looking on survivor because i have a really hard time believing that i think i'd be a mess um i would not look better because i have a really bad beard situation I've got a good beard situation, but it would be a little too much if it was 39 days. I think that I, so I grew my beard out at the beginning of the pandemic, and that was over 39 days. And I saw a photo a couple weeks ago, and I was like, that's the worst I've ever looked in my entire life. And I think I would look pretty bad. I'm not going to get ripped. Like, there's just no way I'm going to get ripped. Yeah, I think I, I've got a tough beard situation there's going to be acne all over the place if I'm not keeping up a dedicated face wash schedule. My hair's going to be a mess. Uh, I think I would look worse and worse, like yeah. tor- torso wise. I would just waste. I'd be one of the the people who you can see the heartbeat, yeah, because like, there's just nothing on their body by the end. So I, uh, I'd also be worried about the torso region. Anything from the waist, sorry, from the torso up would be something I'd be really worried about. Have have y'all ever given any thought to making a tape and going for it? I have not. I I applied. Uh, that was one of my first, probably a month into quarantine last year, oh, when wow. it was just those endless days of doing nothing. I was like, uh, yeah, whatever. I'll I'll pop in front. I didn't put that much effort into it. Like I think if uh, next time you gotta you gotta shoot your shot when it comes to doing some bits, doing some cool editing. I pretty much just introduce myself to the camera but uh well do you know what happens do you like stay in a in a cast pool for a while like if they don't call you right away yes uh but i like i think your video is kind of always on file but Mm -hmm. if you're serious about it they say like don't constantly be sending us videos but you can send us kind of one per year if you want to keep saying like hey i'm not going away i'm i'm still want to be on survivor i so uh yeah, maybe when the next pandemic hits and I've got nothing to do, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll go for it again. Will, have you? I have thought about it. I, it would be pretty anxiety-provoking just to, like, know that there's a season of TV out there, like, after the fact. I would just, like, feel like, I don't know, judged by everyone. Right. I, I don't know. I would have to I would have to reckon with some of my own shit to, to do that. But uh, I think it would be fun to make a tape and send it in. It's not like binding. They're not like, okay, you have to come to Fiji now. No, not at all. These people were picked and then the pandemic hit and they had to wait a whole other year. So like, I don't know. There's always, there's always hope. I just don't, I don't have the confidence to like make an interesting video. Um, I did once take the Jeopardy test and that's a different subject altogether. But um, that's for a special Jeopardy episode I'm putting together. I think like on the whole, we're all a bit too normal yeah like we like there's one or two normal guys per per episode but i I don't know it i wouldn't cast me personally i don't think i am gonna be dramatic enough or kind of explosive enough in challenges i think i'm just kind of like meh no i will say the only thing i think i have going for me is that i'm kind of a chameleon socially i'm like i could i get along with people because like i can i can be interested in what their interests are pretty quickly and I think that would help me, like, get people to be like, oh, he's close. The risk of the, or he's close to me. The risk of that would be like, Noah's fake because I don't know who he really is because he's been 
just agreeing with everything I'm saying. I think whether it's an advantage or a disadvantage, it's still not particularly entertaining. No, not entertaining at all. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, what would your survivor outfit be? Oh, that's so funny. I was just talking to Alden about this. We think about this all the time when we watch. I think it's a lot, it's pretty easy. It's like easier for guys. Yeah, but would you do like that blazer thing that people do sometimes? Definitely not. Wait, wait. So here's the point, though, is you don't really get to choose yeah. your own yeah. outfit. So it's more if you were cast on the show, what does the casting director think? Like, what's the extreme version of Will's vibe? Or like, what is the platonic ideal of Noah's outfit? And that's what they're going to stick you in. Okay. So like, yeah. what would that person think about you? I think Noah gets a flannel. <laughs> I was like going to say a flannel too. Yeah, you're like kind of like a New Yorker. You've got like glasses, and like a beard, like kind of like hipster. Right. They give me a I slice don't know of what... pizza to walk around with. Yeah. I, I don't know what my the extreme version of my vibe is. I, I feel like, John, you are kind of... I don't know, you were like some sort of sports coach. I feel like you, you get put in kind of like short shorts and running shoes. Oh, yeah. You've got like kind of a track star vibe going maybe. Even just yeah. looking at you on the Zoom is the first time I met you. I could I could see that you'd be like a – they'd put you in sports stuff for sure. I could see I could see that or I could see them veering the complete opposite direction and being like you're pure business casual. Mm. Like you're going to wear a tucked in Oxford with khakis. Right. That's what you get on the show. So wait, but if the producers are giving you the clothes, what about the people that just hang out in boxer briefs? Are the producers giving them the boxer briefs? I think they give them the whole outfit and then the people strip down just to the boxer briefs part. I of it. see. Will, I think that you I mean, as is kind of the deal with you, you have two sides. And you could either lean into the business side and exactly what John said, you could also do like a business casual thing. Or on the other hand, you could also kind of have like a New York hipster vibe going towards you, and like yeah, I'll I'll take that. They could put you in like, you know, they always make a millennial look very hipstery with the with the rimmed glasses and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's hard because we're all kind of the same age range. I don't really know how they would make us look distinct. Well, that's the thing is we're never getting cast on the same season of Survivor. Absolutely. Like Will was saying, like one of us can go on Survivor at a time, and then they're like, okay, like the you other guys are too close. Right. Especially now that they've instituted affirmative action, we're getting robbed. <laughs> we gotta we gotta sue sue probes. Yeah, where is our place? We're watching our Survivor <laughs> dreams crumble in front of us. Because we're cis white men. This sucks. So overall, I think there are a lot of changes and twists. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm a little I'm a little scared it's going to do too much too quickly. But uh, ultimately, I, I think it'll still be a great season. Yeah, I was a little underwhelmed, but I have high hopes. Um, just because I'm so happy to see Survivor back. Like that, that was it. I was just like, from the minute Jeff was on my TV, I was like, let's go. We're back. I don't care. So that was that was nice. Yeah, even Bad Survivor is so great to me. Mm -hmm. And even though I have only been a part of this world for like four years now. Same. It's still just, it hit home when Jeff was talking about, oh yeah, like we all come together as a family, watch Survivor. I was like, yeah, that's that's really it. So I'm just excited to have that back in my life. Yeah. Uh, um, so does this mean we have to get together after every episode now and turn this podcast into a survivor podcast and recap each episode 
Could be. If we did that, I would want to do it really well. Right, yeah. Like, better than this. And that's, like, not – that's not a, the vibe of this podcast is doing stuff really well. It's it's truly not. <laughs> um, I want to, like I, – I, for a while, wanted to have a podcast where I, like, go on IMDb and find some random, like, low-level crew member and just, like, anonymously interview them about what went down on set. That's a like, great idea. You, yeah, you like, you know, they always ask like the A-list celebrity, like one question about what it was like on set. Like that motherfucker doesn't know. Like that person's in a trailer and like comes out for two seconds. Right. Um, that might be a little harsh on them, but I think, I think folks would talk. I think folks would talk. I feel like, especially right now with all this strike stuff going on, people would really talk. I think the union would not like it. Well, no, that you, you would. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> um, I would like to show you guys a photo and I don't know if you've seen this photo before um, and frankly it's going to change your perception of Survivor and of Jeff Probst specifically this has every person that has watched Survivor with us since I've started and in the past couple years since I found out this existed I have shown than this photo too. It's kind of a rite of passage. Um, Hit us. Okay, I do. I have to give a little warning. It's a, it's not safe for work, and it's not safe okay. for life, and it's not safe for anything. Um, I'm gonna share my screen. John, do you have any idea what's about to happen? Do you have any idea what's happening? Yeah, me neither. No, no, I'm nervous. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Your thoughts. He's hung. Describe what we're looking at, one of you, please. Um, uh, we're looking at Jeff Probst in the prime of his life, great <laughs> shape, um, w- with no clothes, uh, displaying his genitals at uh, multiple stages of sexual arousal. Yeah. So basically, we've got we've got Jeff, and you can look this up too. Just search Jeff. Jeff Probe's dick pic. Um, we're looking at a straight on to camera Jeff uh, with his dick, and then a side where he is compare like you know for it, almost as if he's comparing it to the size of his hand, but he's kind of holding it up. Um, I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen this photo. I'll stop sharing it in a second. Just something that intrigues me about this photo is the quality of the camera, and the he's standing in front of a rack of shirts. I just want to know, like, who took this and that's also why? interesting. Like, to and me. how did it leak? Yeah, I don't know how it leaked. I don't know what year it is, um, but basically, and I stopped sharing the screen. I put everybody. I was gonna say out of their misery, but actually, I've stopped the pleasure because it's great. It's a great. He's got a nice listen, rig. He's definitely got a nice rig. So <laughs> I want you guys to go as you're going forward watching Jeff on Survivor. Especially long-haired Jeff, emaciated. Jeff looked very skinny on this episode. It kind of worried me. Um, I'd like you guys to keep thinking about that photo as you watch Survivor now. Why? It just it just gives you a little more context, you know, to understand who Jeff really is as a person. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Well, I can I can do that. Okay. Yeah, I can't say. I hadn't thought about what Jeff Probst looked like naked before, but like. If I had, that's probably, I mean, it, it makes sense just based on energy levels, I'll say. Were you expecting him to be that hung? 
like I, I mean, if, if forced to choose, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I think not season one, Jeff, no, season no. one, Jeff, I bet he looked a little different down there, mm-hmm. but by season five, he had grown in power. And I think that's what we're looking <laughs> at. Yeah. Uh, Will, your, your thoughts on this? Just if you expected it. I think similar. That's that's kind of about what I expected him to look like naked. Um, not not just his uh, his penis, but like, I don't know, he's like smiling. He's like confident. He, he, yeah, it's like it, it's kind of expected for me. Yeah, he's thrilled. He's thrilled about it. Um, he's married. I just wonder if this was a photo for his wife or like I would I would love to know a little more about the context, but I'm never going to. The shirt, the shirts, shirt rack is wild. It's wild. Yeah. What room is that? Exactly. Because it, it, it kind of looks like a computer room, but also, why do you have a, sh- a rack of shirts in your computer room? Is it your bedroom? Are you in someone else's house? Because surely you make enough money to have a closet. Yeah, he's got a huge your... closet for sure. Yeah. Especially because he's always wearing one of those double-breasted shirts. So, does he have a whole closet for his trucker hats that he wears? I've got so many questions. And I'll never get the answer, so I'm just going to have to keep, like, projecting my own thoughts onto it every time I see Jeff. You, you uh, could tweet Survivor. at him. I could tweet at him, but I don't want him to know that I saw the phone. Well, and he said last episode he doesn't even read his tweets. Yeah, not that's exactly, exactly. This is, I don't know, I just needed, I, I needed, everyone that watches Survivor has to see that photo, and... I needed to be the one to show you. I think the dream is that the answers to all these questions lies within the game within the game. <laughs> and if you keep doing those word scrambles online on Wednesdays, then you'll find out the answers you're looking for. The game within the game that is supposed to be for little kids is actually <laughs> to find out <laughs> about his dick. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, well... With that, I've got no more Survivor thoughts. I think that's, you... that's a good good place as any to wrap it with, uh, yep, Naked Jeff. Naked Jeff, we love Survivor. John, thank you for coming on the show, and you're welcome back anytime as long as you look at Jeff's dick pic before you come on the show each time. All right, guys, thanks for having me, and uh, hopefully we get a great season here. Let's go. And we'll, you know what? Maybe we'll come back at the season finale and we'll discuss our thoughts. How about that? That could work. sequel. That could work. When we come back, I'm going to ask Will some questions, but we'll see how they go. Today's episode is brought to you by Fall Allergies. Welcome back to the catch up. Thank you to John for our big survivor talk in that last segment um yes thank you john it was a bunch of fun for us and maybe for other people but we have no way of knowing so we're coming up on a big momentous occasion here um we teased it in our season finale um but that probably got overshadowed because we took a lot of interesting pills that day 
<laughs> um, my head was all over the place. But I remember you saying something about how you are about to leave Boston. Like clockwork, another year and a quarter to two years in a place and I'm gone. But this time I'm moving back somewhere. That's right. I'm moving back to Chicago. And how does it feel? Set, set the scene for us. When do you leave? What's it looking like? Yeah, I mean, it generally feels good. I'm excited to be there. Getting there is the is the stinker. Uh, Wait, before you tell me how you're getting there, can I guess? Because yeah. I've we've been through this rigmarole with you before. Yeah. Um, you're gonna rent a U-Haul. It's a huge truck. You're gonna have your phone balancing on like a coffee cup with the navigation. <laughs> Uh-huh. No, I'm yes. a little more enterprise than that. Like it is, yes, I am doing it myself. Um, I think it's the it's the easiest way. Like it just allows me to control the logistics and like I don't know. I'm able bodied, uh, so I'm just gonna send it. Um, what a brat! I'm moving on Friday. Today is Monday. I am surrounded by boxes and dust. I am <coughs> coughing oh. a lot. Sorry. God, Lord. Yeah, you're going to have to equalize that one. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, You it's, know, in radio, in radio, they have a cough button uh, that they press when they need to cough. You should get one of those. So I've thought about this for Zoom, man, because um, Zoom has when you're muted, you can hit the space bar to be like, oh, yeah, I agree, and then unmute. I want yeah. to be able to invert that, and I call it the sneeze mute. <laughs> I want the sneeze mute. Yeah, I think you just invented a cough button that already exists. but Yeah, the sneeze mute. <laughs> Sure, yeah. The cough button is derivative of my idea that I haven't put into practice. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so you are, you're you're mid-packing. How is it? Is your room almost packed up, ready to go? It is. It's it's fine. It's going well by all, you know, operational metrics. It's, uh, It's just fucked that the last thing you get to do in a place that you called home is strip it from everything that reminds you of home. And yeah. I know that long term, how I'm feeling right now doesn't actually matter. Like even three months from now, I will look back on this home and this room and this time in the right way. It will be, you know, I'll remember how people made me feel and like that part of my life. But right now it's just like, oh, great. Cool. This room sucks. You got to. I mean, every time I've left a place, I take an empty black and white photo of it. You got to do that. That's like the only way to commemorate that it's you're gone. Yeah. And you have to say, like, I used to live here. Now I don't. Yeah, I'll post it on Instagram and you know the music that I'll pick, too. Is it uh, Bad Bunny? It is not. Is that Bad mm. Bad Barbie? Bad Bobby? No, Bad Bunny, the Puerto Rican superstar. I don't know. That what is. the fuck? <laughs> uh, get no, on, get it, online. it'll be Sleeping House by Radiator Hospital, which is the most touching song about moving on that there ever was. There you go. Yeah. You know what? Maybe we'll we'll put a little right here just to commemorate it. Yeah. When the box is full of When the box is full of clothes and records, stop weighing you down. When the only thing left in your bedroom is pennies on the ground. How good is that imagery? Oh, it's so good. I'm going to cry right now thinking of this. I'm not even moving. It is crazy, like, how different moving is at 29 than it was at, like, 24. Like, yesterday (laughs) I was packing shit, and, like, I just filled up a whole box with light bulbs and candles. How did I get this much shit? (laughs) It's insane. 
Yeah, I and a lot of the times I'll carry it over to the next house when I don't need to. There's like I have a nightstand full of fucking like for lack of a better word, uh, tchotchkes. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I carry them to each house, and then they go right in the drawer, and I never use them. Yeah, I'm also struggling with my tchotchke collection. Like, I don't yeah, know, I got, like... You're always like, tchotchke struggling. Like, I just saw, like, a Christmas ornament that my friend gave me, and, like, a card that my other friend gave me. And it's like, I don't want to lose those things. Yeah, I save cards uh, probably too much. Like, yeah. to the point where I look at them and they make me sad. Yeah, it's so um, nice. So you're out of there, you're out of there Saturday. Friday. That's your Friday, right, that you said that. As is customary when somebody leaves a place, um, an exit interview is conducted. Oh, okay. <laughs> and what I have done is I've drawn up some questions for you. I want to I want to take the time and pay tribute to your beautiful city of Boston, of Somerville. Yeah. We haven't really done this every time you've moved, uh, but I, I, I think it's a nice – Tradition, and I say tradition because I'm sure you'll move 10 more times. So I, I'd like to do this going forward. I've got about nine questions here for you about your experience in Boston, and I just want you to answer them as honestly, as truthfully, as will orally as possible. Yeah, and it makes sense that we're instituting this now. You know, when we were a scrappy young startup, we didn't really have HR, but now we're, right. we're a global enterprise. We're um, in our sixth season. We've got a whole uh, scrappy bunch of interns behind us. Yeah, we had enough lawsuits. We had to get something <laughs> on the books. That's right. I'm making I'm making a lot of money off of this. Yeah, me I don't too. Know about you? Yeah, I got a whole change uh, drawer next to me. Anyway, yeah, I'm excited. Let's. Uh, what do we got? Let's start off with number one. Number one. Um, now this requires a little context. I know this about you. Listeners might not, but will. Which pet in your house will you miss the most? Hmm. Now, explain the pets you have. Yeah, so we've got two boy cats, Waldo and Fitz. Um, and then we've got a girl, Turtle Strauss. Um, a girdle. A girdle, yeah. Um, uh, Strauss is, like, as cool as a turtle can possibly be, but, like, it can't be Strauss. Like, it's still a turtle. Um, yeah. I really so now love you have the to cats. choose between two cats. Yeah, I, I do love both of the cats. They have very different personalities. Waldo is... Uh, he was a, a rescue from the hurricane in Puerto Rico in 2016 or so. Mm. Um, and is just a big old ham. He just kind of lays around and fucks around every once in a while. He's like, a, he's kind of the man of the house. And then Fitzy's a little scaredy cat baby. Um, I think by a slight margin, I'll miss Fitz more just because like, I spend more time actually doing stuff with Fitz. Like Waldo's around, it. but he doesn't really, I don't, he doesn't like play all that much. He doesn't like come up for cuddles. Like Fitz is, Fitz is the homie. You know, I knew you were going to say that because, for one, I didn't even know Waldo existed. Yeah. That's how much I, I've I've seen footage of Fitz. Well, Fitz I is more no photogenic, idea. so I take a lot of pictures of him. He's lying on top of that turtle cage. The dude fucking absolutely loves hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so sorry to Waldo and Strauss, but Fitz has your heart. Number two, if you could have chosen to be in a pandemic in any city you've lived in, would it still have been Boston? So it's a good question. Thank you. So I think if I had to pick a city to be in a, in during a pandemic, it would be the city with like the closest friends, even just for walks and stuff. I did have mm -hmm. two really close friends here, but it probably, you know, maybe New York City, although that was scary for reasons, maybe, maybe Chicago. What I'll say is like, 
I met someone who is like thus far the most important relationship in my life. And so if I'd have known more people here, I probably wouldn't have met her. And I'm happy that I did. So sure. I can't really I can't really knock the knock the strategy. Um, is it is it talking out of school and I can edit this if it is you you will be she has already moved to Chicago. She has is that correct. Yes. And you are you are this is not I'm going off the script here. You are excited to see her. Uh, yes. Yes. Very okay. much. So. Cool. 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 All right. Number three. Moving on. What will you not miss about Boston? Yeah. I mean, so I really am happy that I am the type of person that can be pretty happy anywhere. I need like a couple friends, a good sushi restaurant, a job that I don't hate, and I'm I'm good to go. Um, Boston's pretty close to that, <laughs> pretty close to the bare minimum. <laughs> like the culture is not great. It's super like white and broy, and the restaurants aren't that good. Um, so I think like, do I get an opportunity to say the things that I will miss? Um, yes. You okay. can. This is a. You can say that now. <laughs> yeah. So the things that I will miss are far and away the most important, which are my friends here. Um, yeah. I have a couple very good ones that I knew from before I I moved here. Um, but. Everything else, I'm kind of like, yeah, it's better in Chicago. Hey, you know what? It just it just be like that sometimes. Do you think if you had lived in Boston proper and not Somerville, it would have been worse? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Somerville, Cambridge is way better than Boston proper. Hell yeah. Okay, that was 3A and B. Here's number four. Is the L better than the T? <laughs> you know what? I never took the train once. In either city? No, no, no. no. I never took the train once in Boston. Wow. I was bike. I mean cuz I rarely went to Boston proper. And when I did I biked. I can tell you I've been on the T. Um I was on the T like 10 years ago visiting my sister when she lived in Somerville, but yeah, since I was here I've never been on it or a bus. It uh it's fine. It shuts down kind of early, which I've noticed is every transit place except New York City. Yeah, so. yeah, that is true. Um I mean part of this is the pandemic, right? I wasn't going out and doing a bunch of stuff, but uh Right. Yeah, no, I never was on it. Okay, that's a that's point for the L. Um, number five, did you break any bones in Boston? Uh, I did, yeah. And what are they? So minor minor breaks. Um, I broke my toe playing spike ball, and I broke <laughs> my rib doing dips. Um, it was like a it was like so both of these things, and I consulted with a physician on this, but both these things are like okay, a hairline fracture in your toe and a broken rib, like. We're not going to cast you. Like it basically doesn't matter if it's broken or not. The right. as long as there aren't symptoms of you know a punctured lung or like a torn tendon in your toe, it's really just like lay off it. So it doesn't matter if it's broken or not. Um, and did did you lay off the toe or you just kept playing spike ball? I, I, I laid off both of them to an extent, but I will say in retrospect, while I don't have an X ray, like they were definitely broken. My rib was clicking around like crazy when I like rolled over in bed, and my toe took like ten weeks to fully heal. So yikes! Um, yeah, does the, that mean that? Does that mean you've broken a bone in every city that you've lived in? Um, I don't think I broke anything in Providence. Hmm. There's still time. Get there before. Yeah, I know. Friday. It's not far. The the dip, <laughs> the broken rib story is actually kind of funny. So it was like, um, I already gave my notice at my last job and I, it was like the hottest day of the summer. It was like a hundred degrees. And in the middle of the mm-hmm. day, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to just like lean into this. It's a sweat lodge. I'm going to go to this like outdoor gym, like a, like a monkey bars type of gym. And so I was doing dips, like tricep dips. And of course, I'm drenched in sweat. It's dripping so much. 
And so with my left wrist, my left wrist is a little bit weaker than my right. Uh, of course. It got very wet and I slipped off. And if you think about Uh-oh. like, if you're at the top of a dip and your hand slips off, you're just Yikes. like Doop, straight over. And so I, I cracked my bottom uh, left rib. Oh. Yeah, that sucked. No, thank you. Yeah. Okay, real quick, this question. Uh, did you poop on the street in Boston? Uh, next question. All right. Uh, will you return one more time to the dick pill store? No, I, it's not in the cards. Okay. That's... Uh, mostly because I still have, I think the bottle was 14 and I still have 13 of them. <laughs> Honestly, that's like, see, that's the type of thing. It's like, I was going to throw it out, but like, oh, it's kind of a nice little tchotchke. Like, it's like a, like one day if we get famous, we can auction that off. Right. Uh, um, also, you could give them out to your friends in Chicago. That's true. I could. I only had one and I took it, so I don't have any extras to give away. Yeah. Um, okay, this is more a, a coordinating question for the two of us. What happens if the Boston concert gets rescheduled that I we were trying to uh, do? The P. Daddy concert? I don't yeah. think we are on the hook for those tickets. I think I got a refund. Oh, okay. So we don't have to like rush down to, to Boston for that. No, but I also don't think that we have... Like, we have no rights to a show. If we want to see a P. Daddy show, like, we just have to buy tickets again. Yeah, that's obnoxious. Yeah, it happens. If I recall, you also uh, overpaid for I did overpay for those. (laughs) But I actually, in in retrospect, I will give myself a little more credit. It was the day that Google switched how they tag ads from Mm. that little yellow ad thing to the much more minimal... Um, now it's like a kind of a minimal font ad in black. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know that shit. I just clicked on the first link because I didn't think it was an ad. They should have, that, they should have refunded people that day. It's they pretty can't whack, spring. yeah. That's annoying. Um, I, I could do a whole rant on when Google changes fonts and, and other things, but that's for another day and that's for my own podcast. I do have some fire tickets lined up for, uh, Chicago already. I'm seeing, uh. I'm not. I can't remember if I got the Beth's tickets, but they're they're Ooh, there. Nice. Um, I'm seeing Sydney Sprague, Oso Oso, and the Front Bottoms. Oh and yeah, and I they... also have a very late Thursday 100 Gex show. <laughs> oh man, yeah. They, the Front Bottoms and Oso Oso were here when I was sick, and I was going to go to that. Mm. Um, this Thursday, actually, it's this will I will not definitely not put this out by Thursday, so this will already be in the past. But I'm going with Jeremy to the a Joyce Manor show. Oh, hell yeah. That's going to rock. At Central Park Summer Stage. And I just remembered Prince Daddy is opening. Are you kidding me? No. Oh, man. I want to go to that. It got, I wasn't supposed to go it, last week, and it got rescheduled. We, we can talk offline about this. but That sounds dope. I'm a little worried because they're extra, extra opening, meaning I feel like they'll have 10 minutes, and then they won't play anymore. But. Ah, got it. Anyway, <laughs> they're going to be rocking to such an empty crowd. Like they rock too Dude, hard I know. to open. <laughs> I know. And it's going to be it's, it's in Central Park. There's a curfew. So it's going to start super early. Yeah. And the light, the sun's still going to be up and it's just going to be like, OK, they're out. <laughs> Corey See Gregory's ya. been doing some cool, softer stuff solo. Maybe he'll just whip out some Jofus songs. That'd be fun. Yeah. Nobody knows what we're talking about. Yeah, All good. But that's this is for us. So fuck off. All right, this is a this is it. This is the big one. Um, please give your final thoughts on Boston, Massachusetts, and one final message for the people. And I don't mean the people of Boston. I mean the people of Earth. I want mm-hmm. your finest thoughts. Okay. This is your time, Will. You reflect on on your journey. What do you got for me? Okay, so the second part of this is 
the people of Earth. What was the first part? My my final reflection on your, Boston. Your fi- yeah, your final thoughts on Boston, Massachusetts. You know, I didn't give Boston such a fair shake in a lot of ways. Like, I moved here six weeks before the lockdown. I am moving now while we're just, like, in semi-lockdown forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, like, even the people that live here and defend it in public in private are like Boston kind of sucks. It's not, I mean, it's like almost as expensive as like DC and New York and just like so much worse in a lot of ways. Um, Yeah. Obviously you might have like family here or whatever and there's good universities, but it's just kind of dry. I think it's kind of overblown. I think, I think it's a good three day visit city. That's exactly what I did. I think, I think I spent a couple days there and I, I had my fill. Yeah. But again, like the most important things, are not going to come from moving to a place. Anyone that has chased a dream of living in New York City will know that. That's true. It's about your do you, friends, do you it's think... about your family, it's about sushi. <laughs> do you think that anybody has coveted living in Boston the way people covet living in New York City? Like, definitely, yes. Why? <laughs> Probably because they wanted to go to Harvard or they wanted to work at the global headquarters of McKinsey, Bain, or Boston. Uh, I don't right. know. Well, to that I say, go Yankees, fuck the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, and uh, your final thought, your final message for the people of Earth. Will? I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> you can't freeze that long on, on Zoom. Like, what if this was my actual final message and, like, I die tonight? What would yeah, I Yeah, well, I would, say? I would, I'd probably have to, like, uh, record a message at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, we didn't know this was actually going to be. <laughs> I wouldn't take it out of the episode. I would just record it before saying the, you know. We can say at this time, Monday, September 27th at 4.50 p.m., you are not dead. That's correct. Um, unless we're all dead. Uh-oh. <laughs> I can't think of anything funny. It doesn't need to be funny. What's the, What do you want to tell the people? Love each other. Love each be other. Be compassionate. Okay. Be empathetic. It's the only thing that matters. You know what? The the will the will of Noah of twenty sixteen when we started this could not have done that. Yeah. We were so worried about being ironic and mm. what what Mickey ice cream bar are you? You know, we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't take the time to get real. But the the true message is love each other, whatever other bullshit Will just said and fucking don't crash your U-Haul, you know? Yeah, don't crash your U-Haul. It's a terrible, terrible place to die. <laughs> <laughs> if you... Nope, I don't want to talk about death that much. Never mind. Um, what's the... This is a bonus question. What's the first thing you're going to do when you get to Chicago? Besides fucking move to your... Move into your house. I'm going to... I'm going to... Well, it's a little more specific than move into my house. Maybe I'll do... I'll do... Uh, like the tactical, literal first thing I'm going to do, and then I'll also do kind of a larger one. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go into my new place, and I'm going to just take a deep breath there. I've been thinking about moving into this place for so long and doing it, and I still haven't seen it that's not on FaceTime, and I just want to feel the vibe and feel yeah. like, okay, I, I, you know this. I, like, I feel like I don't, I don't pause to appreciate little victories, but when there's so much going on, I just need to like – hear the mario music of like (laughs) for just like one second like only as long as that music actually lasts just like like okay you got here there's a lot to be done but like celebrate getting here 
Yeah. And then the other first thing I'm going to do, see my friends. I miss my friends. I love them there. They're great. I was really, was really hoping you would be like, I'm going to run into my partner's arms and we're going to dance in front of the big bean. I did say, she asked how I could, she could help support me. And I said, just a 10 minute hug when I get there. So no, yeah, I, I need that. <laughs> that's the cutest fucking thing I've ever heard. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You're cute. I'm not cute. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, all right, that might be it. Thank this you might for be our preparing final... this interview. I know that I asked you to do all of the work, and I just responded. Yeah, I was uh, debating whether I should start this by complaining about how you made me do the work, and then I said, you know. We're, let's be a little more sincere. It let's all just comes act. back. It all comes back. It all comes back. When I move to uh, Chicago, you'll do the same for me. Do it. Okay, this is our. This is our. So we're signing off from your house in Boston. The next time we record, we'll probably have a couple where the audio doesn't sound great on Will's end because we got to figure out the optimal recording area for Will. <laughs> no, I, it will. There's no way it sounds worse than this. This is not <laughs> a good room to record in. I've got, I'm bouncing like crazy. I'm right in front of a window. The way that things I'm pretty sure will be set up there are A, the, the physical space is better, but it's also, it's like a older, thicker wood. It's like a, it's a beefy yeah. boy. It's got stone outside. It'll be good. Mm. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you on the stone house. Uh, good luck on the move. We, this is it. This seems more like a finale. We probably should have ended a finale. <laughs> yeah, right. You moving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but instead, this is episode one, and we'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back in four months when I'm set up. <laughs> uh, and as we always say on the catch up every week. Bro, all I can ever think of is don't get eliminated the... <laughs> from MXC. I say it every time for the most part. Okay, well, let's think of something else. Three, two, one. Brown Don't get eliminated. Policy. Fuck, I said it now. I, I saw a sticker that said Brown Public Policy, so I said that. Mm. Okay, bye forever. Bye forever. The catch-up is Will R. and Noah Shore, with executive production by Noah Shore. Our intro music is by Headlong Snipers, and our outro music is a beautiful envisioning of the pup song Free at Last by Swamp Walk. Check her out. Thanks to our sponsor, Jeeves of Ask Jeeves.